everybody. Welcome to the 1st and 15th. Um, I'm Joel Pulliam, and if this is your first time listening, the 1st comes from the 1st Amendment, which is the right to free speech, and the 15th comes from the 15th Amendment, which is the right to vote, hence the name. Uh, if you've been watching TV the past couple of days or, you know, reading the news or whatever, you've seen that uh, former President Donald Trump has been indicted on RICO charges in Fulton County in Georgia, uh, and so basically racketeering charges. And this is for him trying to subvert, you know, the will of the voters in Georgia, trying to uh, intimidate elected officials to change votes, uh, harassing uh, poll watchers and election officials. You know, he was trying to move like a like a crime boss, a mob boss. And so he got RICO charges. And those were the correct charges. I don't believe that he was overcharged. He needs to be held accountable for what he did. And the D. Uh, D.A., the district attorney overseeing the cases, um, she's a black woman. Uh, her name is uh, Fannie Willis, and she's been the D.A. since 2021. And the sheriff that's going to book Donald Trump and process him at the Fulton County Jail, his name is Pat Labot. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Pat Labot. Uh, and he's he's a brother, like he's a black man. So we have a black district attorney and a black sheriff who are proceeding over this case. Uh, and w what kind of struck me is that I saw on Twitter and I saw a lot of people saying like, oh man, these are heroes of democracy and that they're going to hold Donald Trump and they're going to save democracy and save America. And again, I want to preference, Donald Trump deserves to be held accountable. And the district attorney Willis, she, she made the correct charges here. Like, and, and, the indictment was correct. I didn't think they overcharged. He needs to be held accountable. I want to reiterate that. But what made me cringe when I saw that is that people like putting them on a pedestal and saying these are heroes of democracy. What, what kind of gave me pause and made me cringe a little bit was that I don't think a lot of people know some of the other stuff that come with, you know, the sheriff and the district attorney. Take, for instance, you know, the Fulton County Jail where... Trump's going to be booked and processed, you know, that also has, I mean, it's under investigation by the Department of Justice for, like, human rights abuses. Um, in September of last year, there was a, a black man named uh, LaShawn Thompson, and he had been in Fulton County Jail, I believe, for, like, three months over waiting trial for a misdemeanor assault charge. And so they go in a cell, you know, in September, and they find him dead. And so, and he had lost about 30 pounds from once he, when he had first been booked in there. And they went to an independent medical examiner, his family, and in that autopsy, they found several things, including that, you know, they believe Mr. Thompson had died from undiagnosed schizophrenia, which is just tragic. And they also found he suffered from dehydration, malnutrition, an extensive and severe body insect infestation. And I thought to myself, like, in the year 2022, a black man is rotting, literally rotting, inside of a jail cell. A man who needed medical attention, who needed, you know, mental health assistance. They had a man who was suffering from schizophrenia by himself, neglected for over three months. And that... In America, that's 
I'm sorry. That that's insane to me. That the richest country, and I always say this, always say this, like the richest country that's ever existed, the most powerful nation that's ever existed, can't even take care, care of people in a cell. Neglected. And when I saw the pictures, it, it was awful. And, you know, again, the Department of Justice is overseeing, you know, they're, they're looking into the jail for the human rights abuses. And when it comes to LaShawn Thompson's case, his family, they're represented by Benjamin Crump. And uh, basically, he's, he said that it was like a torture chamber in there. Like, it's a small space, and you're not getting the proper nutrition, you're not even getting checked on, and you, you literally just waste away and rot to death. And he had innumerable bites from insects on his body. Y'all, that's, that's foul. And they hold his family in the suit. They One of the people they held accountable was, guess who? The sheriff, Pat Labatt. So every time I kind of, I saw him and, you know, hey, we're going to give him a mugshot and, you know, smirking and everything. And while, again, Trump needs to be held accountable, I cringe because I'm like, well, brother, on the other hand, you oversee, you still oversee a, a jail where where people who look like us are being mistreated and abused every day, abused by police officers. Eventually, the, the county, they they settle with Thompson's Mr. Thompson's family for uh, four million dollars. But that doesn't take away the pain of them losing their loved one that, you know, that the loss of a loved one's immeasurable. Right. And, and so, again, I can't say that I'm for reforming a system and just because a person is. How do I say this? Just because a person is. Uh, uh, indicting or, or holding someone who I despise everything about Donald Trump accountable doesn't mean I'm going to overlook their role when it comes to upholding, you know, the institutions that I'm trying to fight. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I can't ignore at the same time where I can congratulate people for holding Trump accountable. I can't ignore the human rights abuses. That's not fair. That's not fair to Mr. Thompson's family. And, and, well, during the, the whole suit and when his family was fighting for justice, uh, uh, they called Mr. Thompson's family called on the D.A. Willis to intervene. And I'm going to be honest, even her record is not squeaky clean. Uh, and again, this is not to take away from what she's doing with Donald Trump right now because she's doing the right thing and the courageous thing. But on the flip side, uh, there was a race, uh, Mr. Rayshard Brooks. 2020 a black man he's shot and killed two police officers they're investigated and this is before remember i told you that she was you know in office since 2021 this happens in 2020 but after the election the case is still ongoing she decides not to bring any charges or to drop the charges against the cops and to end the invest investigation because she says that when the charges were brought against police officers her predecessor, I guess he it was with political influence, right? Political biasness that he let his politics influence the charges he gave against the police officers. And so she said she couldn't hold, she couldn't continue the investigation and they weren't held accountable. And so I can't say, I'm sorry, I can't say, oh, well, the sister is a beacon for democracy. What she's doing today is great, but at the same time 
you allowed someone who killed a black man to go free. And, and my main point isn't even to concentrate on, 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 on the sheriff and on the DA. My point is that we have to stop the standing of politicians. Right. And that's the big point. Um, and for those who don't know, standing, uh, Eminem had a song called Stan and, and basically stands are people, fans who are obsessive. They take it beyond just like regular, you know, fandom and, you know, being appreciative of someone. They take it and make it their whole personality. And there are a lot of people, especially on social media, who do they do that. They make politicians their part of their personality. When their politician wins, they win. We see it in sports. We see it in music. We see it in all you know walks of life. And it makes me cringe because that is not what politics is supposed to be. Politics really is a symbiotic relationship. You know, while we can vote for politicians, we're supposed to hold them accountable. That's not healthy to put a politician on a pedestal because they're supposed to serve you. They're supposed to serve the people, all of us. You know, I take Barack Obama. Look, Barack Obama, man, when I was in middle school, I saw him speak at the, at the 2004 convention. When I was in high school, he won, he won the presidency. I'll always say he inspired me to get involved in my community. I'm not ever going to take that away from him. He's a hero to a lot of people in our generation. But that doesn't mean, you know, the older you get, that doesn't mean that he's just infallible, that he doesn't have, you know, that, that he's just perfect and that you can't critique him. That's not healthy. That's not democracy. I, I wouldn't want, if I was a politician, I wouldn't, wouldn't want people to just like kiss my behind for everything I do and not critique me. That activists have that role. The people have that role in society, you know. And I think it's just strange when we see people uh, just create these, these, I don't it's myths. Yeah, it's like mythical figures of, of normal, fallible people, people who make mistakes, and if you're afraid to, to call a politician or an elected official, what are we even doing here? It's like even with this, there will probably be people who listen to this podcast and be like, well, Joel, don't you want to hold Trump accountable? Oh, uh, yeah, more than more than, you know. Like <laughs> we've been doing work for years, like we want to hold Trump accountable. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time. The same reason I want to hold Trump accountable is the same reason I have to also talk about the bad things. It's why I have to talk about the, the murder of Rashad Brooks. It's why I have to talk about LaShawn Thompson and, and, and how he was, was left for dead in his prison cell. It's because I believe in human rights. I believe in justice. And that's the reason I can support both. I can both support and also critique the sheriff and the DA at the same time for the other things that they've done. You know, I feel like a lot of times, like I was saying, people take politics and they make it their personality and they take it and make it personal and that the wins and losses are, well, if the person I love wins, then, you know, who cares about what happens after that day? And that's not politics, man. It can't be, well, because, you know, candidate so-and-so won. Hey, man, the, the seas are parted. You know, racism is over. No, you got to hold their feet to the fire. Everything is transactional. Don't ever, ever make politics any more than that. It's really, you know, the song, what have you done for me lately? That is really what politics is. You have to take into account, like, how much am I getting out of this? And I think sometimes because, and this is the danger, right, of underrepresentation 
in, in spots. Um, you take, for instance, like District Attorney Willis. There are not a lot of black women in those spaces. And it's terrible, right, that our judi judicial system, there's not a lot of people who look like us who hold the reins of power in it. But at the same time, that doesn't absolve her from criticism. What we do sometimes is because we've had so little, you know, representation, we just hold on tight and we're like, well, we can't critique him. And that's just not healthy, man. Like, because at the end of the day, it's not even about the representation. It's about the people who are affected. Those are the winners and the losers. Like, the people in position of power, they'll be good today. They were good yesterday. They'll be good tomorrow. But the people, the, the actual constituents, those are the people who feel the effects of bad decisions. Those are the people we fight for. Do not fight for politicians more than you fight for the actual people they're meant to serve. Please do not ever forget that. And a lot of people, they don't follow that. And they make it more about the politicians and that you can't critique people. And it's just not healthy. You know, and back to the, the, the thing about, you know, every black person who's in a position of power, that doesn't mean that I don't critique them. If it's in good faith, you should critique some things. Right? Uh... Like, take, for instance, you got the five police officers in Memphis who beat Tyree Nichols to death. All five of them were brothers. You know what I mean? Like, are they immune from criticism? No. They're part of a system. Like, uh, uh, shoot, I mean, if you ever watch Boys in the Hood, you know the black cop on there? You know, that happens more often than what you would think because people get into a system and instead of trying to change it for the people, they just want to keep being a part of a system. And it's all about ambition. And so to fight against that, you have to hold people's feet to the fire. Again, it's not a personal attack on anybody. And Trump needs to be held accountable. I'll say it again. And I'm happy that he's being held accountable. But I don't like this whole thing of where, oh, that person, you know, they're perfect. They're, they're, they're the bastion of, of democracy and freedom when it's not like that. And it's offensive to the people that they've hurt. It's offensive, you know, they've supported Cop City, right? The DA and the sheriff, like, the sheriff, even after LaShawn Thompson's death, he's, he used that to ask for more money to, to build a jail. Are we serious? And we're going to, no, I'm not going to pat. They did what they were supposed to do, but I think it's unhealthy and you lead. If you don't critique these things, I'm telling you, you build monsters, because the point is to tear down systems. And what you do is, not subconsciously, no, but you are. You, you're upholding a system and you don't even realize it. Every time someone tries to critique something of, of someone in your party and you shoot them down, if it's in good faith and you shoot them down, you're only hurting yourself. You're only upholding systems. To me, it's bigger than one politician. I, if, if I love Barack Obama. Barack Obama one day lost his mind and said, I'm going full MAGA. I mean, that'll never happen. We already know that. But I'm saying if he did, I'd be done with him. And that's the way you have to be with people. You can't hold on to, to them so tight that you won't critique them. And, and I hate when people make the argument like, well, you know, if you critique them, you're against them totally. That's just not true. Let me tell you, you know, politics a lot of times isn't a zero-sum game. It's not like all something or none of anything. You know what I mean? Like, uh, as long as the critique's in good faith, you're trying to help people. You, I mean, and if, let's say you're a Democrat, you're only trying to help your party by critiquing them. 
You know what I'm saying? Like myth making hurts politics, um, building people up, putting them on a pedestal, making them infallible that they can't receive criticism that that you only hurt democracy by being like that. Um, and I'm going to be honest, as a black person, I'm never going to just fully just like go pro cop, pro the state. You know, I, I just can't like all the evidence we've seen. How how did we look at George Floyd just, you know, three years ago? And now we're like, oh, man, we love the system. We love everybody in the system. It's all perfect. I'm pro cop. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm rooting for Trump to go to prison. And look, if he's found guilty, he will rightfully so go to prison for the rest of his life. But I'm saying, like, I'm not making these people into the representation of freedom. Uh, I'm talking about the DA and, you know, the sheriff. I'm not. Because they play a role in upholding a system that I'm trying to fight against. You know, the great John Lewis, who, you know, I so, so miss, you know, he had a quote and he said, you know, you have to tell the whole truth, the good and the bad, maybe some things that are uncomfortable for some people. I'm reminded of, he would even critique his own party. You know, uh, I remember when, and, and his party would critique him wrongly a lot of times. I remember when, when Trump was first elected and, and John Lewis called him an illegitimate president. And there are some in his party that critiqued him, some that I was surprised that they critiqued him. And John Lewis didn't even go to his inauguration. And again, there were some in his party that critiqued him that I was very disappointed in. And, but he stood ten toes in what he believed because he believed even above the party that you represent. He believed in righteousness. I want people to remember this. It's all transactional. Politics, the Democratic Party right now is the best avenue for us to get what we want. But I'm not... You can't get it twisted and think that everyone in politics loves you and that they're all 100% for you and that, you know, the party, they, nah, it's just transactional. You know, I would say this, I'm gonna, and I, I'm going to put the political cap on. Working on a campaign, one thing that I've learned is you can't BS or sugarcoat stuff or people, it'll just turn them off, right? Let's say you want to talk to uh, someone about, let's say, Joe Biden or about the Democratic Party. From my experience, and I worked on the Biden campaign in South Carolina, from my my experience, sometimes the thing that helps, and this sounds crazy, is a little bit of self-depreciation, at least when it comes to your party. Not that you, you know, you crap on your party or, or you, you know, you dismiss what the good that they've done. I'm saying what you do is that you acknowledge at first, to get the defenses down, you acknowledge, you know what, we haven't done everything we were supposed to do. Because the party, Joe Biden hasn't. Policing, no progress. Voting rights, no progress. Honestly, a appeal back, a, 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 a repeal of progress. It would help to acknowledge those things. And then people might be more receptive to what else you have to say about how you can make it better. But when you just sugarcoat and act as if everything is copacetic and everything is great, that is offensive to a lot of people. And for people who don't work on campaigns and just tweet all day, y'all, when it comes to real campaign work, that actually does help. So I'm not saying I'm a campaign expert, but as an organizer working on the ground, that helps pull defenses down and makes people more likely to listen to what you have to say to them. Because acting as if a party or a candidate is infallible and perfect, it, 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 
it doesn't work. I think the better case would be that it's transactional, like I said, and that, you know, you can get this out of politics if you vote, you know. That's better than acting as if the party is perfect or that a candidate is perfect because they're not. They're not. I'm sorry. They're not. So, you know, and, and, and speaking of like Joe Biden, look, I, I voted for him, you know, and seemingly it's going to be a rematch in 2024 against Donald Trump. I'm going to vote for him again. That's not even a question. But at the same time, I'm still going to critique him. If you listen to previous podcasts, when it comes to policing, he has been insufficient. He's been found wanting because not only did we not make progress, you know, he hasn't used that bully pulpit for police reform. He gave police more money. Shoot to beat us over the edge with. I'm going to be honest. You know, when it comes to voting rights, he hasn't used that bully pulpit he did in before the Georgia special election or the Georgia midterm election. He's mentioned it, hadn't really mentioned it since. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to critique him. Why? Because that's healthy for democracy. A, just if you talk for politically, this sharpens you. Like, you know, how iron sharpens iron. Like, you only refine your campaign by getting, like, addressing the mistakes and addressing the grievances people have with your mistakes. But B, like, morally, you, I mean, shoot, you old black people, you know, who put you in the White House. Like, and I owe it to black people to tell the truth and, and, and like, hey, you need to fix this. Like, that is how democracy works. Like, can you imagine Dr. King now? You don't think Dr. King would have said something about Joe Biden and about Democrats or that uh, Malcolm X, he sure enough would have said, I mean, probably some, whew, I mean, he would have said some things. Like, so how would you have taken that today if they did that? You know, I want to ask the listener, would you be against them? Would you be like, man, shut up. See, like that is that I want people to change their mindset. Of what they think healthy democracy is. You can't. And I think a lot of it is laziness in the sense of that we hold on to politicians because we don't want to do the hard work of like really, you know what it's like? It's like when like a house is 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 dilapidated, right? But instead of working on the foundation and everything, we want to make sure, you know, that cosmetically it looks good and all that, but you, you haven't worked on the pipes, you haven't worked on the foundation, the wiring, all the stuff that makes it really go. And so sometimes because we fear, and I get it because Donald Trump, he cannot win in 2024. I mean, as in we cannot let him win, right? But you can, like, I feel like, just righteousness wise, like you have to tell the truth doesn't mean that people are going to fall away from your party or that, man, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. No, you're building yourself up. You're strengthening yourself to beat Donald Trump. Right. And so and I just think morally, again, we look at, at politics too much as a wins and losses like a sports team instead of realizing that the people the way we should measure wins and losses aren't the politicians. It's the people who are affected by the bad decisions or good decisions. But in this case, a lot of the bad decisions that people make. You know, Dr. King, he said that it is not a sign of weakness, but a sign of high maturity to rise to the level of self-criticism. There's nothing wrong with self-criticism or critiquing your party or critiquing the candidate. Shoot, the candidate you're working for. Because at the end of the day, you're not even working for a campaign or a party. You're working for the people. You know, I'm reminded of, of a scripture 
one of my favorite scriptures, you know, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And, and really what that scripture is saying is like, it's not against just particular people or in politics case, what I'm talking about for particular people. We're fighting against systems because our wins and losses, they're not measured in points. They're not measured in a, in, in a column. They're not measured. Heck, they're not measured by election wins and losses. They're measured by if we can prevent uh, another LaShawn Thompson from happening. They're measured in if we can prevent another, you know, Donald Trump from taking over. If we can prevent another Rayshard Brooks from being killed by police. And we won't win unless we're willing to even critique those that we love. Because that's true democracy. And with that, I want to thank you for listening. I don't take it for granted when when people listen to my podcast or anything that I say. Um, So thank you. And uh, if you can, please subscribe uh, wherever you're listening so you get some more. We're just trying to reach as many people as possible because I really believe in, you know, amplifying the voices of marginalized, you know, people, people who are overlooked. So, again, thank you for listening. You know, uh, follow me on social media if you want to. Uh, You don't have to, but if you want to, it's it's um, Joel underscore pulliam lower lowercase on twitter threads instagram uh so again thank you for listening and i'll leave you with this because i always say this there's nothing wrong with being upset because passion only means one thing that you're still alive god bless